0: Hi, it's Mina Kimes, host of the ESPN Daily podcast. Wake up to the best story you'll hear all day. 20 minutes a day, five days a week, where you get an inside look at the most interesting stories at ESPN, as told by the top reporters and insiders on the planet. The breaking news of SportsCenter with a deep dive storytelling of 30 for 30. Today's episode is one I thought you'd especially like. Please listen and subscribe to ESPN Daily, wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: Any allegation that relates to a rule violation that could affect the outcome of a game or games is the most serious matter.
0: That was MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred responding to questions about the biggest baseball scandal in recent memory. Amidst accusations that the Houston Astros stole signs two years ago, Executives and players around the league are wondering what will happen next, and whether it goes beyond the Astros. It's a story that could change the game as we know it. I'm Mina Kimes. It's Wednesday, November 20th. This is ESPN Daily, presented by Indeed. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. There's really nothing going on in baseball these days.
1: No, nothing at all. Just the biggest scandal in the last decade
0: to last century, maybe. Jeff Passan is an MLB insider for ESPN. Jeff, you're at the MLB owners meeting in Arlington, Texas. What is the scene like there?
1: So the scene is actually a construction scene. Uh, Globe Life Field is being built right next door in the shadow of Jerry World. Rob Manfred and a bunch of Texas Rangers executives took a tour through the new ballpark. And so we're looking in the suites and we're looking at the the club down the first baseline. And then we end up in this construction area where Rob Manfred is standing there in front of a bunch of cameras wearing a hard hat and... The first few questions are about the Rangers ballpark, but then the question comes in, what about the Houston Astros and the sign-stealing scandal that is taking over Major League Baseball right now? We have a very active, what is going to be a really, really thorough investigation ongoing. But beyond that, I can't tell you how close we are to done. He addressed that and really clued us in some as to what MLB's thinking is at this point early on and what's going to be the biggest story in baseball this year.
0: It's the biggest story in baseball. It's really, honestly, the biggest story in baseball in a real long time. And that's, of course, the report from The Athletic that, according to pitcher Mike Fires, the Astros stole signs back in 2017. What exactly were the Astros accused of doing?
1: In 2017, as Mike Fires alleges, the Astros had a camera in center field that was trained on the signs that the catcher was putting down. And the feed from that camera went to a monitor in the hallway between the dugout and the Astros clubhouse. And in this hallway, there was somebody who was there looking at the signs, decoding them in real time. And depending on what the pitch was, if it was a fastball, there was nothing. But if it was an off-speed pitch, they would bang on a trash can. And those noises that would come out of the dugout would alert the hitter as to what was coming. Now, this was happening incredibly quickly. So it's obvious that the Astros had the signs of these teams pretty early. And as time went on, this got out. And if you were going in to face the Houston Astros, you went in there with multiple signs. You changed it up. The, this year, during the World Series... The Washington Nationals had five sets of signs that their pitchers had to memorize because they wanted to change them so quickly because they were so wary of what the Astros were doing.
0: Sign stealing in baseball isn't unusual, but what is unusual about this?
1: Well, the way that you look at sign stealing or the way that longtime grizzled baseball men look at sign stealing is that it is an art that if you are able to use your eyes to figure out what's going on, whether it's a runner on second base, looking at the catcher signals and somehow furtively relaying what's coming to the hitter, that that's something that has been part of the game for a really long time and is beautiful and and is enjoyable and is, is part of the fabric of the game. When technology gets involved, you get into the unwritten baseball rules that it's almost beyond the pale that you would ever use a camera or you would ever use some sort of algorithm to decode what the signs are and that's where we that's where we are at this point where you have this old school mentality of sign stealing being okay running up against the reality of life in 2019 where technology makes things a lot easier and makes it a lot easier for you to go out and do something like this. And what the allegations against the Houston Astros are is that they looked at this unwritten rule in baseball, scoffed at it and said, we want to win and we are going to go to any length to do that.
0: Well, they did win. They won the World Series that year, Obviously, this casts that victory in a new light. How has the team responded to these allegations?
1: The team really hasn't responded. And that is interesting for the Astros because – As we saw with the Brandon Taubman situation, the Astros' instinct is to push back against negative stories, is to say, this is how we do things, and whether you like it or not, it doesn't make a difference. So their silence in this case has spoken a lot of volumes. Now, granted, there's an investigation into this right now, and they're probably not going to want to run afoul of Major League Baseball when they're looking at severe potential penalties that Rob Manfred can enforce.
0: Obviously, We're still very much in the middle of this, but what kind of punishments do you think we might be looking at?
1: It's tough to say. I I would not be surprised if the maximum fine is levied here, and that's $2 million. The last time we saw that happen was, ironically, uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals who uh, had an employee, Chris Correa, hack into the computerized database of the Houston Astros. And they were fined $2 million. They were docked two first-round draft picks that were given to the Astros. When you go beyond the draft picks and you go beyond uh, what to a billionaire is a minuscule fine, you're starting to look at potential suspensions. And if, if Rob Manfred goes out and suspends Jeff Luno, the general manager of the Houston Astros, and suspends A.J. Hinch, the manager of the Houston Astros, all of a sudden, maybe teams are going to think twice before thinking about doing something like this. But you know what? Maybe they're not. Maybe teams look at it and say, okay, $2 million, a few draft picks, some international players, my GM and my manager, would I trade that for a ring? I think almost every one of them, the answer is going to be yes.
0: We've heard what Manfred has to say so far. What are people saying in Arlington? What are you hearing from other teams around the league?
1: There are a lot of very, very unhappy billionaires. And that's what you have to be to own a major league baseball team. Every one of these teams is (laughs) worth more than a billion dollars. And they look at what's happening and they look at their investments and they say, are we invested in something that is farcical? Is this really the point that we're at where a world champion achieved that with something like stealing signs? And, and it's a reasonable thing to ask. And I think if there's anything that's going to pressure Rob Manfred to make sure that this investigation is as thorough as he says it's going to be, it is those 29 other owners outside of the Astros owner, Jim Crane, saying, hey, the game and its integrity is on the line here. And we really, truly do deeply need to look into this to ensure something like this not just doesn't happen again, but that we adjudicate the right kind of penalties to ensure that it doesn't. So teams are looking at this and saying that Rob Manfred has to put down an enormous penalty on the Astros if, in fact, the investigation does back up the allegations that Mike Fires made.
0: What about the argument that the Astros are being unfairly judged here because... Everybody does it.
1: There are no Astros officials who are speaking on the record right now. But if you talk with people in the organization, they will say, yeah, but what about everyone else? And and listen, that's not much of a defense so much as it is a, a way of trying to get around what they did. But what if they're not wrong? If you talk with executives around the sport, they think that this is not something that is limited just to the Houston Astros, that this is something that's been going on far and wide for a while now. And they're looking at Rob Manfred and saying, are you going to actually do something about it? And what was most interesting about his comments today is that he said, and this is a quote, I'm not going to speculate on whether other people are going to be involved. We'll deal with that if it happens. But I have no reason to believe that it extends beyond the Astros at this point in time. Now, maybe MLB's investigation is going to bring more evidence to show otherwise. But until it does, there will be people around the game who are saying that this is something that's happening and this is something that's not being addressed by the commissioner's office. What does that say about baseball? What does that say about the sport writ large that it's not just the Astros potentially, that it is all of these other teams that are trying to get around the rules and and potentially running afoul of them? And, And what does it say about the integrity of the game right now? Because if the games are not being played on a fair level, then they're not really games at all. It's just the
0: WWE. Coming up, What do the players think about the sign-stealing scandal? So Manfred told you right now they're just looking at the Astros, but it sounds like people think this could get bigger. Do you feel that this will expand into a league-wide investigation?
1: Well, it was interesting. I asked Rob Manfred that question. Do you believe that this is going to expand at all? And do you have reason to go out and potentially create a George Mitchell style commission like they did with performance enhancing drugs? And he did not address the latter part. I don't get the sense at this point that he believes that that's going to be the case. But there are people around the game who think it should. Because I, I bring up PEDs, Mina, because this is the closest thing that Major League Baseball has seen to that since that scandal. This is far and away the biggest issue that baseball has had in the last decade plus, maybe even 20 years. And when, when you look at that and somebody says to me that this is a combination of the Black Sox and PEDs, You know the gravity of this story is, I think, bigger than Rob Manfred is addressing publicly at this point.
0: What about amongst the players? Is there any paranoia there as well?
1: (laughs) It's really interesting to hear the players' reaction on this. There was a player who I was told played for the Houston Astros and was really unhappy about what was going on there, allegedly. And so, through an intermediary... I tried to reach out to him. And this intermediary sent a text message and the guy came back and said, Mike Fires is a rat. And so if somebody is that passionate against cheating, but the omerta that's in baseball prevents him from talking about it, that's the uphill climb that MLB has to fight against in investigating this. Knowing that unless it threatens players with the types of suspensions that may come down on executives or managers, it may have no recourse to get the truth from them. And the Major League Baseball Players Association, when interviews with players do happen, is going to be there right along their side and will fight any suspension or discipline that the league tries to levy on them. So that makes it, again, a complicated thing to try and really button this thing
0: up. One of the things that I found really interesting about this scandal— Jeff, is the role that amateur sleuths have played in uncovering it. How have they pushed it forward?
1: They've been pushing it forward in a really interesting way, actually. When you have all of Reddit unleashed on this story, and people going back (laughs) through games and listening uh, for sounds in the background and trying to find patterns, when you have uh, a guy named Jimmy O'Brien, who's a big Yankees fan, his his Twitter handle is at John Boy underscore. And Jimmy is going out and doing yeoman's work and trying to show how this might have actually happened. Uh, you've got a bunch of these amateur sleuths that uh, MLB looks at and they're like, well, these these guys are kind of doing our work for us. You know, there there were going to be hundreds, thousands of man hours that the league was going to have to devote to trying to find this stuff. And it's all right there on the Internet.
0: Jeff, I feel like Reddit sleuths could have found Jimmy Hoffa.
1: (laughs) Who's to say that they're not going to?
0: A few weeks ago, when you and I were talking about the scandal involving the Astros assistant GM, Brandon Taubman, you mentioned that the rest of the league sort of resents them. Now, you could say it's justifiable or you could also say it's jealousy. But do you think that there is a bit of schadenfreude?
1: I think a bit is a very generous way of looking at it. I think that <laughs> there are giant bowls full. I think that they are Scrooge McDuck flying into the pit of gold coins and enjoying this as much... Now, Not as much as they would a World Series win, but there are a lot of people around the game who really are enjoying this because for years the Astros have conducted themselves like they're better than everyone else. And, you know, now... All the other executives who saw this are saying, well, were they better than everyone else because they were cheating? And, and that's a question that I think is fair to ask at this point, especially amid this investigation that's going on right now. Just how much does this sour what they did? Just how much does this change the perception, not just of the organization, Mina, but of the players who helped lead them to that championship? And that's a consequence that these players are going to have to live with for the rest of their careers. They won a World Series, yeah, but they won a World Series amid this scandal that's taking over the sport right now.
0: Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks, Mina. Coming up how Luka Doncic isn't just exceeding expectations, he's destroying them. Here's another story I want you to know. On Monday night, second-year Mavericks player Luka Doncic scored 42 points, racking up 11 rebounds and 12 assists.
1: Doncic keeps it again against Forbes. He'll shoot a deep three. Hit it!
0: In doing so, he became the second player in NBA history to compile a triple-double with over 40 points before the age of 21. The first? LeBron James. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, Doncic, who was drafted third overall last year, has been playing like an MVP candidate this season. He ranks near the top of the league in a number of categories. He's an absurdly gifted playmaker and has been crashing the boards at an elite rate for a perimeter player, which has not only bolstered his triple-double count, but also gives the Mavericks unique flexibility on the court. All of which is to say, while the players drafted before him, DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley, have been promising, it's kind of wild that Doncic wasn't taken first. But it's not inexplicable. Last spring, before the draft, I profiled Luka for ESPN The Magazine, back when he was playing for Real Madrid in the EuroLeague. ESPN's Kevin Pelton told me that, based on what Doncic had already accomplished at the professional level, he had the highest wins-above-replacement projection he had ever calculated. Better than even a young Anthony Davis. And yet, even though he was the most accomplished prospect ever, there were teams concerned about his ceiling. In part because stereotypes about European players lacking toughness or athleticism have lingered ever since Darko Milicic flamed out of the league. One executive told me at the time he thought teams were more afraid of picking a European player at the top of the draft because if he turned out to be a bust, people would make a bigger deal out of it. Well, a year and a half later, it's safe to say those concerns have been laid to rest. And hopefully, so are the stereotypes. The headline of my story back in 2018 was Luka Doncic is no Darko Milicic. In retrospect, I undersold it. He's not just defying people's biases about European players. He's defying expectations for any young player, period. I'm Nina Kimes, and this has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.